Um, and it's now my pleasure to introduce our guest speaker, uh, Liz, and I hope I pronounced this right, apologies if I don't, Liz Wickramashangi, to share with us for this morning's message. Um, Liz has been part of this church uh, way back in the 1990s, so some of you may remember her and some of you are a bit newer, um, but she now pastors a church in Sri Lanka with her husband, Roshan, and it's, it's our pleasure to have her speak with us today. Okay, I'll keep talking. When do I finish talking? <laughs> okay. Right, well, I'll just speak loudly, okay, until everybody comes. Hey, I have to say, sorry, um, thank you, thank you, Leslie, for being here today. Um, I was in New Life Church in 1993. I was teaching at Dean Close, and I was looking for a church. And I went to many churches, and I walked into New Life. It was called New Life then, now it's C3. While I was in Cheltenham, I just, I stayed in the church, and I loved the church, and it did me um, so much good. I was only here for two years, because there was something in my heart, I'm just going to come down here, there was something in my heart that was always wanting to serve God, and to... Um, do slightly unusual things. Chris Thomas, where's Chris? Ah, I was at university with him. He knows me, right? Okay, and there was something in my heart that I just wanted to do more. I wanted to do something unusual. I wanted to help people. I wanted to live by faith. And um, when I came to this church, I connected with all of that in my spirit. And um, I remember I, the pastor was John Allen. Where's Keith? I see you looking at Keith's father, John, was um, in the church, and he was pastoring me, really. And I went to him, and I said to him, look, I've got money. I want to go somewhere, anywhere. I don't mind. I just want to go somewhere. And he said, well, why don't you go to Sri Lanka? So I said, okay, that's great. I didn't even know where Sri Lanka was. <laughs> but I had an Easter holiday, and I had the money, so I got on the plane. And it wasn't until I got on the plane that I thought, by the Sri Lanka is by India. Right, it's just kind of at the bottom of India. And I got on the plane and I was flying over Saudi Arabia and I thought, what am I doing? I didn't know who was meeting me at the airport because it wasn't it was a friend of a friend of, of, of John Allen who was meeting me. And but I couldn't do anything then because I was stuck on the plane. And um, that song, all the songs we sang today were so good, right? All the, the songs about looking above the waves. Because I, I was just beginning to see the waves when I was flying over Saudi Arabia thinking, what am I doing? that when we look above the waves, there is a grace. And I had to take hold of grace, and I had no choice. 
And I went there, and I loved it so much. Something clicked in my heart. And um, so I came back, handed in my notice. John Allen said, that's a good idea. And um, <laughs> handed in my notice and went back for a year. And I loved it so much, I was looking to stay. And then I met Rashan. <laughs> so never go on mission thinking you'll come back the same, because you never will. And um, we, we met and remarried in England, and we have been pastoring churches now since then, which was really 95. He started the church in 90, about 1991. And we have four churches in Sri Lanka, all totally different. Um, we have one in a beach slum, where we now we're feeding children through the week, and it's a beautiful church. It actually, you walk across the railway track, you walk across it, and then you walk through the sand, and then you get to this place where the, where the church is, and it's beautiful. You can see the sun rising in the evening, in the evening service. You can see the sun setting over the beach, and the sun rising over the palm trees through the other window. It's just stunning. And we have uh, a church in a Buddhist village, which is very, very different again, and a lot of hostility. We have a church in Colombo, which is the capital, and we have the main church, which is where we live, which used to be a village outside Colombo, but now, because Colombo's got bigger, it's part of Colombo. Um, and there is incredible grace on the church. So much of what we were singing today was about grace, right? And there is incredible grace on the church. So I want to say thank you to you, because I know that you pray for us. I know that you support us. I know that you love us. I know that Helen is amazing. She just sends me texts at perfect moments when you just about think the world is crashing in on your head and you don't know what to do. I'll get this wonderful message from Helen just saying, hi, how are you? It's like, oh. <laughs> but that's a connection in the spirit that is given by God. But I want to thank you for your prayers and for your love for us because um, when, when I'm there, I'm so encouraged and strengthened when I know that there are people in my home country, because although I live in Sri Lanka, I still love to come back here. Love to come back here. Um, so thank you. Right, what can I tell you? I haven't been really back for four years. Isn't that amazing because of COVID? And before COVID, we put up a building. Shall I show you some photos? Would you like to see some photos? Would that be a good idea? I'm just going to talk to you, and we'll talk about the Bible as we go. Is that okay? Right, okay. And we're going to stop this video thing every so often because there's things that I have to tell you. But in 2018, you can put the first photo on of that video thing. We put up a building and it was a miracle because our church is a bilingual church and it is mainly the poor people in the, in the community. We are not a rich, affluent, English-speaking church. And we put up this building, which was a miracle. If you ask us how we did it, it's a bit like this building, right? How did you do it? We don't know. How did, how did we do it there? I have no idea, but we have no debt. And we put up this building and then go on. This is our auditorium where we have about 200 or so meeting. You can keep going. Um, meeting on a Sunday morning. And most of these, are they're just lovely, lovely people um, who worship God and love God. We have a worship team too. I lead the worship team. We do a lot of work with the children. 
Um, just pause it a minute. School is really boring in Sri Lanka. It's like 100 years ago here. So when I went there, I was very shocked. And um, I thought, well, you have to do something with the children. So we tried to make it fun. We tried to make it discussing. We tried to make it, we, we tried to do the whole of life with the children to show them that there is more to life than what they think there is from school. Okay, off we go. Keep going. And we go on missions with the children. We do fun things. I'll pause it here. This is our ministry to old people, which we got from your dad, Keith, because he did that old people's ministry in Ross. And Roshan caught that. And so now once a month, we do a ministry to old people in the community. And we give them the gospel. And so many of them are now going to heaven or are already in heaven. And they would never have been. And we've been doing this once a month, giving them food. And they sing songs. And we pray for them. And they get healed. It's wonderful, wonderful. Okay, off we go. There we are. There's a group of them. Ah, oh, stop there. This is a beautiful family. Just after one of the lockdowns. When you have a lockdown in Sri Lanka, you want to lie out of your gate. You want all add out of your gate for anything. All the shops are shut. And the only way you can get food is when the, um, a lorry comes along. And then you're allowed out of your gate to go to the lorry to buy whatever the lorry is bringing. Um, and so there were a lot of people. And for about two years on and off, we were having lockdown. And it was, it was just terrible. And so many people had no money and no food. But we, in the in-betweens of the lockdowns, we were giving out food as a church into the community. And this family was one of the families who came and got food, um, took, had lunch with us, and uh, we fed the mother and the two children. The father was a drug addict who we'd known for years and years. But now he is off drugs. He, the family, the boys are both going to good schools. The mother, they all come to church, and we, the, as a church we've helped him, and now he's got a, a fruit juice store on the side of the road. And doing really, really well. Because he's a drug addict, he knows everybody and knows how to talk to everybody. And an incredible testimony in our area. It's wonderful. Okay. Stop here. This is another wonderful, wonderful family. The second two children are miracle children. They had the first one, no problem. And then they just, nothing seemed to happen. And we prayed. And they, they've got these two beautiful children. He used to be in the army. I think... One time when I came, I gave an amazing testimony of how God had saved him because he was Buddhist. And just because he moved like six feet, he wasn't blown up. And that totally, because there was civil war in the country, right? That totally changed him. And he became a Christian. Now he's finished his term in the army, but he's still got so much life and energy in him. So we had a, what did we have? We had a three-month training course for young people this year. And he was running the training course like a regimental sergeant major, getting everybody up in the morning and getting them doing their exercises and getting them doing everything. He was just brilliant. And now he's not even getting a proper job. Proper job meaning like something. He's just doing a job in the mornings where he's selling food on the side of the road so that he can talk to people and give them the gospel. And because of that, last month he brought eight people to church. Isn't that amazing? This family is just... A beautiful, beautiful family. Okay, let's keep going. Once a month, we have a miracle. You can keep going. We have a miracle service. 
and we are seeing some wonderful, wonderful healing. Life in Sri Lanka is not that easy. Now, inflate, I don't know if you know, but last year um, there were lots of demonstrations and lots of things going on. And then inflation over th three months, went, everything went up at least three times. At least three times. And so people are like stranded, really, and they don't know what to do. And they're leaving the country at a rate. They ran out of passports at one point. There's just, th there's just so many people are leaving because they can't see a reason. They can't see a hope to stay. They think they're going to find it better somewhere else. And then after that, then we had... Um, power cuts where they just cut the power for eight hours now that's annoying anywhere but when you haven't got a fan and it's 35 degrees that's really really annoying and um and then they ran out of gas because they didn't the country didn't have any money so then you can't cook on the gas and then you can only cook with something electric when the power is on so i had one rice cooker and i was cooking the meals in one rice cooker for us and it was just and then there was a petrol strike, and so for about three months, we didn't have, there was no petrol for sale unless you queued for three days at the petrol shed which had the petrol. So there have been so, so, so many challenges and hopelessness. But through the grace of God and through the power of God at work, we have seen lives truly changed, and we have seen people riding above the waves. Um, and this is just this is just one life. Okay, off we go. That's my husband. Then um, what we've started to do really what we've started to do really since I think just before COVID was there's a group of pastors around the country who aren't related to us legally or aren't related to us in any way, but we're just relating in heart. So they're from all sorts of different churches. And um, we meet together um, once a month with them, and we have fellowship and teaching and prayer. And it has been a real powerhouse because we know that then something is happening, not just where we are, but something is happening around the nation as we connect. So I think the photos that you're going to be showing now are some of those things. I lead the worship in our church. I lead the worship team. And uh, we got the worship teams from all of those different churches, and we get them together twice a, twice a year. And we just teach some songs, do some teaching, do some worship, do some praying, get everybody involved and doing different things. So this is one of those times. And we had about 120 people. Okay, off we go. That's all of them. So many worship teams all together. And then, oh, stop this. This is an amazing thing. I don't know, sometimes, do you go to prayer meetings and kind of half fall asleep? You know that they're saying something. But it's like, so we have learned that we, we don't pray. Like you, you did a lovely job this morning. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't aimed at you, right? But... I have learned personally for me that it's so much better when I'm involved in the praying. So now, whenever we say let's pray, everybody stands up and everybody, we get the topic and then everybody's speaking in tongues all together. And it's like when you have that, there's something, you can't fall asleep then, right? 
because everybody's making noise and you're involved in it. And it makes such a difference to the prayer. And then what we have learned as well, now we've added to it, is that while the prayer is going, there's a worship song going on in, in the background with the worship team to do with the topic that you're praying. So you have this whole powerful combination. Because when you look in the Old Testament, where it's 2 Chronicles 20, when there's this massive army, they don't put the army in the front, they put the worship team. Now, the worship team aren't the big, strong guys, right? You know, they're, they're not the ones that work out every day. They're the ones that play the guitar and sing every day. But they put them at the front, and that because of that worship team, they won the battle. So we've really seen the power of worship and prayer together does something in the spirit for the nation and does something in the spirit for the people um, that, are, that are involved. So I meet these worship teams twice a year, and then probably two or three times a year, we invite all the churches to our church because we can fit in about 500 if we all breathe together. And um, this is one of those prayer meetings where we just have three hours and we just pray for the nation because there is so much, there's so much wicked and evil in, in the spiritual realm going over the nation, trying to destroy the nation, the church, the people, and cause discouragement. But when we get together and pray, there is a change in the spirit and we have seen Things in the nation change. We've seen petrol come back. We've seen gas come back. We've seen the power cut stopped. You know, inflation stopped after uh, everything had multiplied three times, and it's become more. It's still going up, but it's it's normal. Um, and we have seen the power of prayer and worship corporately together. So this is a picture of that, and it, all the pastors are there, and they're all they all have different responsibilities and the thing. It's wonderful. Okay, off we go. Then we did a marriage seminar for pastors for these pastors. And we had a lovely two days swimming and nice food. And we did a special meal in the garden of the church. That's all of them. I stopped. Um, because family life in Sri Lanka generally, you know, here people have so much ability to know how to help their marriage be good. And there are so many keys around and there are so many people aware. But in Sri Lanka, I think because people are more trying to just survive and people have come from a background where you just, you just carry on anyway, marriages aren't really a lot of fun and they're not always very, very effective. So we really wanted to minister to these pastors for two days. And they were so blessed. And it has really changed their churches because of those two days. Okay. Then we had a youth camp for all of the youth, and we had 230 people in our church, young people. That's everyone. That's my family, Rashan. There's Josiah. And uh, Jemima, they've got their A-levels in October and AS-levels. That's why everyone's not here and um, only came for a short time. So there's a few pictures. Does that help you understand a little bit about what we're doing? Yes. Okay. How are we doing? How many minutes have I got? Two? Three? Four? <laughs> okay. So anyway, what I wanted to speak on today <laughs> is that life is a journey. 
life is a journey. And I, just while I was worshipping there, I was remembering 1993 when I was here and the, thing, the passions and the desires that I had in my heart. And for every single one of us, life is a journey that God wants us to begin. God wants us to do everything in the middle. And he wants us to end it well. And um, when I was reading the Bible, this, I love the Bible. I just love the Bible. And um, when I was reading the Bible this week, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says this, verse 4. I read from the NKJV. It says this, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. And actually, our life really starts when we connect with that grace. It doesn't, I mean, we're breathing and, do, and eating before that. But when we connect with the grace of Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross, because he lived for me, because he died for me, because he rose again for me, when we connect with that grace, that is when our journey really begins. And so much of what we sang this morning was about grace, right? And it starts there. Our life starts there. And we must never, ever forget where our journey began. Just for me to come back here is really important because I remember where I began this chapter of my life. Um, but every day, never forget the grace of Jesus Christ. Never forget his love. Never forget that you are forgiven. Never forget that there is no condemnation. Never forget that he is with you and he can never, ever leave you. Never forget the grace of God because the grace of God is abounding. The grace of God goes on and on forever. There is nothing that we have done. There is nothing that we have not done that means that we cannot come back to the grace of God. The grace of God is key for our lives. And that you brought that word about freedom, right? Freedom comes because of the grace of Jesus Christ. He died for us. He came to this earth because of us. I, I was just talking to somebody yesterday and thinking, you know, where would my life have been if I hadn't met Jesus Christ? I don't even know if I'd be alive now. Truly, the grace of God keeps us alive, gives us purpose, and keeps us in the right direction. Because so many people go in the wrong direction, right? But the grace of God keeps us, and the grace of God, if you've gone wrong, will always bring you back. Never, never think, I can't be brought back. We can always be brought back. The grace of Jesus Christ. So verse 4, it says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you. It's given to you. God gives it to you. All you have to do is take it. I can give my phone to Angie, but if she doesn't take it, it doesn't matter how much I give her. I could give her 10 phones, but if she doesn't take them, it's like she hasn't got them. Take the grace of God. Receive that grace. Then verse 5. That you were enriched 
in everything by him. The grace of God changes our life. It's not just a, um, something that makes me feel nice on Sunday, but it, make, it changes me that I am enriched in everything, that I have the peace, that I have the life, that I have the things that I need, that I have the love and the patience and the kindness. I have the material things that I need for life come because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And so when we need things, we, we, in Sri Lanka, you know, when there's something that we're seeing, we just look to the grace of God. Because it's the grace of God that will enrich us, that will give us the things that we need. And it says, rich in everything by him, in all utterance and knowledge, in the things that we speak and in the knowledge that we have. Because I think the thing is, there are so many things we can know, right? Especially here, you can study a million things, and you can know a million things. But ultimately, it is what we know of God, and what we know from God, that is going to really work powerfully. Because the Word of God is living and active. The Word of God does supernatural things sociology and philosophy and all ideologies and all of these things and all of these things that we hear on the TV, they can be really, really good, some of them. But it is the knowledge and the word of God that truly works miracles. And we have to grow in that knowledge of the word. And one of the things I'm so grateful about lockdown is that we had so much more time to read the Bible because we couldn't go out of the house. But the word of God is the most precious treasure that we can have. I think in um, uh, Psalm 119, verse 130, it says, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So it doesn't matter how many A-levels you've got. It doesn't matter what degrees you have. It doesn't matter how successful you are in your workplace. The word of God gives light. And the word of God gives understanding for our day-to-day life and for the things that we're challenged in through our life. It's the word of God. It's the knowledge of God. The knowledge from God that will cause us to live this middle part of our, our journey well. We start it by grace. And we continue it with grace. But we need the word of God. We need the knowledge of God. And then it says in that verse, utterance. What we speak is so important. Oh, I don't feel well. Oh, I'm always unwell. Oh, I've got my arthritis. Oh, I never have any money. Oh, they are always like this to me. Oh, my boss is always like that to me. When we speak like that, that's not speaking what the word of God would say. We might sometimes feel that we're experiencing those things, but because we know that God is with us, because we know that no weapon fashioned against us can prosper, we can speak the truth of the word of God. We speak the truth of the word of God, even if what we see with our physical eyes might be different. And it's not just um, pretending that it's not there. We can acknowledge that it's there. We know that it's there, but we can see above the waves. We can see what the Word of God says. We can see what God wants to happen. And we speak that. 
so that what is known in our spirits, we speak out with our mouth. And Jesus says in John 6, 63, the words of God are spirits and they are life. Jesus' words were spirit and they are life. That's why they're still working now. That's why they're still so powerful when we read them now. And it's the same when we speak those words. They are spirits and they are life. So that even if we see something that looks difficult, even if we see something that looks challenging, even if we see something that looks dead, when we speak the, the words of God, they are spirit and they are life. And that is what brings changes in our lives and in the lives of the nation that God has put us in, in the communities that God has put us in. Because God hasn't just saved us so that we can have a good life. He saved us so that we can have a good life, so that we can influence a community. That's what you've got this amazing building for us. And um, the words that we speak are spirit and they are life. And they will be the things that will release the grace of God wherever we go, whatever challenges we face. Right? Then, we're in the middle of our journey. So, I'm going to skip verse 6, we haven't got time, verse 7. So that you can come short in no gift. As we live this way, you can come short in no gift. Every gift that you need throughout your life to, to ch um, change situations, to bring blessing to other, other people, God will give you. You are never helpless. You are never in a place where, oh, I just, can't, I just don't know what to do. There is always something because there is always more grace for us, right? None of us need to be short in any gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation, for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, listen to verse 8, who will confirm you, who will establish you to the end. God isn't into 100 meters. God is into the long haul. God is into the whole of our lives. He doesn't just want us knowing him for a few years and then wandering off. He wants us following him, being steadfast in him for the whole of our lives. And uh, he doesn't want us giving up. He might, he might, he'll know we're tired. He'll know the things that we're feeling. But he wants us to keep going to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to keep going. Your testimony was beautiful, Moira. Absolutely beautiful, because you're keeping going, right? Just absolutely wonderful. He wants each one of us to keep going. He doesn't want us kind of having one foot in the world and then one foot in church on Sunday. And you're going like this. Have you seen that? What was that, Paddington Bear, right? Where Mr. Brown's on the train and he's trying to rescue Paddington. And he's here and Paddington's on that train. And somehow he gets his other foot onto this train. And he's trying to rescue Paddington. And then what does he see in front of him? He sees a lamppost or something. <laughs> right. So now Mr. Brown can't have a foot here and here. You can't have a foot in church on Sunday and uh, doing all the stuff the world does on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday because you're going to crash, you're going to collapse. And uh, God wants us to walk blameless, walk right, walk the best, walk loving him, walk serving him the whole of your life. And if you fail, you come back to grace. You come back to grace. 
and you start again and you keep going because it is God's heart that we are blameless to the end. And we can be blameless because we are forgiven. And when we are forgiven, things that God forgets. But as parents, we don't forget, right? I, I find it very hard to forget. If the children do something three times, it's like, oh, no, not again. You've done it again. Oh, no, not again. You've done it again. And you feel like, I'm just forgiving you because I have to forgive you. But, right? but God is never like that. If we get it wrong and we are sorry, he forgives us and he forgets. So that he sees us as blameless. And there is, it's an incredible thing that with our human understanding, we cannot get it. But he wants to see us blameless until the end. So we keep on going. And then verse 9 sums it up. Okay, so you have your beginning of the journey, you have the middle of the journey, you have the end of the journey, and then verse 9, this is the summary. God is faithful. God is faithful to each one of you, to this church. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Our life is called to be one of fellowship with Jesus Christ, oneness with him, listening to him, talking to him, singing to him, hearing his songs being sung to us, songs of deliverance, fellowship, oneness, unity, walking together, working together, loving together, living together. He's called us to a life of fellowship, and that is how we do this journey successfully because we walk with him every day remembering his grace using his grace not just so that we can do more wrong things but using his grace so that we can be more effective in living the right life so this is what I wanted to share with you today I wanted to thank you I wanted to thank God I wanted to say never forget the grace of God and he will equip you through his word, by your understanding, through what you speak, so that you will be able to continue to the end and enjoy beautiful fellowship with him. So, In your case, we just pray for you. We'll just quickly just uh, pray for Liz and Rochelle and their ministry. Lord God, we just thank you so much, Lord God, for the grace that you have poured out on Liz and Rochelle and all them, all the churches, Lord God. Father God, thank you for everything, Lord God, that you're working in them and in their country, Father God. And Lord God, we just ask for more of your favor, Lord God, to be upon their church, Lord God, and more of your work to be worked out in the, in the um, country, Father God, in the nation there, Father God that your grace will abound more and more, Father God, as you lead them and guide them with your wisdom, Lord God, and your truth. Just bless them in Jesus' name, Lord God, and may they become more and more fruitful, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.